0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneur Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And this has been a much-anticipated conversation with a couple of members of the Mindfulness First team. We have Sonny White, who's the co-founder and executive director, and board chair Ken Hunt. Welcome to the studio.
0: Well, thank you very much for having
1: us. So pleased to have you both. Coming from Scottsdale, where did both of you come from? Cape Creek for me. Okay.
0: Scottsdale, North Scottsdale.
1: Yeah, very good. Well, hopefully not too far to get here to spend some time with us today to share the important work that you're doing. So I would love to start with Sunny first, if you don't mind. Give us a little bit of the purpose and the mission for Mindfulness First, and then I would love to hear from both of you about the connection, the opportunity to work together, and and really the why behind it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, the purpose uh, of Mindfulness First is that we teach uh, mental health life skills to children and adults for things that will last them their whole life, to help them be healthy and well, and we opened in 2013. So we've been around a little bit now, and we're in a lot of schools particularly. That's been one of our key focuses is K-12 public schools. So uh, that's, that's mostly where we're focused, but we do work in businesses and communities as well.
1: I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. So when we were meeting in the green room, I'll call it the, the official name, really was the lobby. <laughs> Let's call it the green room. <laughs> I had mentioned to both of you that you and I go way back, I think mm-hmm. probably 2013, 152016 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um i used to write for mask magazine yes. Uh, Mother's awareness for school Age children or kids, and you were a recipient. I believe you had won the Mother. What was the name of that award? Do you recall? Oh my gosh, it was so long ago now. Uh, Mother's making a difference. Basically, is well the award. Yes. Was that yeah. what Remembered. it was called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. And I, oops, excuse me. I remember that was being a big deal, and was
2: huge. Yes. And it was
1: about the same time that you you started.
2: Yes, it was. It was very quickly after we started. It was such a, a shock, actually, and so. Validating and energizing to feel the support of so many other women in the community to see the value of how we were supporting children. And And now, all these years later, here we are to have a
1: conversation to share about the great work that you're doing with even more people. Mm -hmm. Very good. And, Ken, how did you get involved?
0: Oh, just, uh, (laughs) I mean, that powerful mission right there is enough to uh, to give you goosebumps and, and but long story short is i had a long career in in corporate america here and kind of hit a place in my life that uh kind of burned out and was a warning shot for some some serious health uh, triple bypass and what oh, was to, what was to come here but during that i mean with every challenge comes a growth opportunity right so it's it was the beginning of my exploration into mindfulness and conscious leadership, and and all kinds of different, uh, really different topics there. But uh, I was kind of <laughs> just watching what mindfulness first was doing from a distance, and and just it, it for for me and what touches me is it's it's all about the children, right? And it's developing those skills early on
1: instead kind of when of we things. wait until <laughs> we are having. Heart issues, health issues, marital issues, business issues—whatever those things are, right? If if our kids were equipped with us,
0: it's yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's it's life changing work, right? It's it's just yeah. If you're if you're armed with those skills to to tackle that and to be able to deal with your own stuff, I mean, as a as a male and an older male myself, I mean, we're just taught to kind of bury those, uh, suck buried. it
1: up, buttercup. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so. It's just a, a mission that resonates and then you meet yeah, right. You meet Sonny and <laughs> oh, and you. Kimberly, both phenomenal human beings and just doing doing amazing work. So it was easy to get involved. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I hate just supporting them in any which way that uh, that I can.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you been on the board then?
0: Well, I started out as they have an ambassador program, so I kind of started out with their as an ambassador and just kind of supporting in that regard, and then it developed into a board seat, and then into a chair seat. And yeah, yeah, it's just Good. been kind of evolving. They
1: won't, over. they won't. You won't get yeah. rid of him. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. He's you're making sure he sticks around. Yes. I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that from a very personal perspective, no, um, and really even our the male perspective. Mm-hmm. I know Sonny's familiar with this. Um, three years ago, I was uh, very happily married and my uh, then husband attempted suicide and survived mm-hmm. a gunshot wound to his head. Had the trauma of, you know, finding him and really trying to help him rehabilitate and restore for a good year and a half. And unfortunately, it's, it has worked out that, that he's now in Wisconsin with his family and doesn't want mm-hmm. to have anything to do with my son, our son, and myself, which was devastating. Sorry. And I can say that without breaking down in tears mm-hmm. and feeling the moment of panic or moments plural of panic, because like you've alluded to, I've done my work and I will likely, <laughs> hopefully continue to do my work all throughout my lifetime. There's been other setbacks and challenges. We all have them. If we know how to be one with ourselves and use our mind as a tool and a friend, mm-hmm. then, then what? We can accomplish anything
0: with that awareness, right? I mean, it's all, it all starts there anyway. It requires a whole lot more work beyond <sighs> it. But for me, anyway, the mindfulness was a way to, to establish that awareness. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no, Huh? what is driving some of this behaviors? What is driving? Yeah. What, what, what's behind all this? And it's just, you know, you live, your, <laughs> live your life unaware of what you're unaware of. For, for, for me, it was far too long, but, uh, but in any event, it's that's for you know the mindfulness is a tool in the toolbox that's to right. to develop that awareness. But
1: and Sunny, as the co-founder, can you give us an idea of, of the backstory for you? Mm-hmm. How did this come about for for you and and Kimberly? I think is mm-hmm. the other co-founder.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar to both of you, and I'm really appreciate you both sharing your stories. I know it's not easy, but as you say, we've all been doing this work now for so long. It gets easier. Um, but yeah, it's a similar story for me. Um, I have a childhood trauma that created behaviors that led to a stress-induced uh, disease and breakdown in 2009 when I was 35. It wasn't until then that I actually knew what stress was. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the word. Unrelatable. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I don't know what that is then once I learned the biology, the neuroscience, and once I learned um, about stress reduction and that that was a thing and that there was science to back it all, and also social emotional learning and trauma, understanding trauma. As I started to move through that path, I started to think, this is crazy. Why did I not learn this? You you just said it. Why didn't I know this when I was a child? And so um, I was very good friends with the co founder, uh, Kimberly. And Kimberly has the great fortune of coming from a really mindful family. Mm. She's had this all of her life. She's extraordinary. I know. I'm so envious. (laughs) And so we both come to this table with um, different yet similar stories, but the same desire. to to be preventative, to give good health to our children. And um, so that's how we started in 2009. And we winged it. We (laughs) we went into two little classrooms in the Cave Creek School District and it just snowballed. I mean, it was a little tricky back then because people weren't totally sure what we were doing, but it started to pick up pretty quickly. And that's where it all began. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'm really uh,
1: pleased to hear that the schools continue to be your focus, mm-hmm. and even public schools. As a former third grade teacher and assistant principal and VP for public schools, that means everything to me. And all three of my kids have are products of public schools. Mm-hmm. How are your are the teachers responding, and, and are the students and parents? What are you noticing when you have an opportunity to spend time with these kids over time? What are you hearing, or what what do, what are they
2: experiencing? Uh, it's it's very moving, really. I I, I I'll give you up. Our most, our best example, which is our example school, which is Crockett Elementary in the Board's School District. We've been there since 2015, and they really were the ones who helped us to shape the way the curriculum is today. Mm-hmm. The, those te- the teachers there are phenomenal. The leadership is phenomenal. They really created a program that has stuck with it today. With it, now we're throughout the whole Board's School District, which is wonderful. But those teachers stay. The, the turnover rate is practically nothing at Crockett, which is extraordinary in Arizona. And the, the crisis we have right now with retaining teachers, um, having actual teachers in the classroom, um, and we know the teachers there pretty well now. And what we hear is very moving. They they use their new life skills in every part of their life. But then you'll hear it from the kids too, yeah, that's right? The powerful stuff. It really is. It's extraordinary. They'll tell you how they went home and used their regulation and to maybe advise a parent on how to calm down, have a, a, a and feel better. They Hmm. use it to get to sleep. Um, And this particular school is, um, uh, it's the homeschool for you, mom. And it is, um, it has uh, a lot of Somali refugees. And, and, And I tell you that because you can then understand the level of trauma. Yes. So these children need a lot of safety, and kudos to the principal there. He really has achieved his mission, which was to create a very safe place where children could come and immediately be able to regulate away from anything they brought to the table in the morning, mm-hmm. and be present. and And we've seen, we've seen the the uh, suspensions when we arrived were at forty five that year, and now they're zero to three. Like wow. it's, and those kids are always a success story because they. And this is a high risk population. Truly. Wow. Yeah, truly. It's incredible. Their test scores have gone up. So they, their school grade has gone up. And that's important because it's telling you that they are able to move out of the fear part of the brain and move into the the where all their smarts are basically nice. in their brain and use it. And retain it, which is not easy when you're traumatized. Right, right. And all stressed, right? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible. Do you have an opportunity in the role that you play then? Uh, do you still get to be an ambassador? And I'm assuming ambassador means go, in, go and work with some of the students as well. Or what, what, tell us about the ambassador if that's still part of the program. And then, Ken, how are you sharing your energy and expertise?
0: The ambassador program it it started out strong. We had some participants there that were that were helping out. It's kind of kind of as the as the organization continues to grow here, there's you know the the resources are kind of deterred a little sure. bit there as far as um, the ambassador program here. But I mean we all play as board members or as members of the organization and baps ambassadors
1: for yeah. If it's not an official title, you're right. still showing up yeah. that way. We're,
0: we're still supporting beacons it. of
1: light. Yeah.
0: yeah, out there sharing the message and and trying to fundraise and and do whatever it is we can do to uh, to support the organization. so
1: let's let's talk about the fundraising piece if you don't mind, so that our listeners, because most of them of course, are executive leaders and business owners here in the Metro Phoenix area, what is the need for you know funding mindfulness first and um, and then how, how how do you go about fundraising and how can
0: business
2: owners and and leaders help?
0: you want to start? Sure.
2: well, I can I can start um with our programming for for businesses. please. yeah. we have um uh, a really lovely series of uh, support programming. Workshops and uh, sessions that are about mindfulness, trauma, social emotional learning, and particularly age-appropriate and setting-appropriate for people in a workplace. And um, we offer those virtually. And we've served people like the Bureau of Land Management, General Motors, places like that. And uh, when we when we do this work, it raises money that then. Applies to the schools, so any profits we make, very good. We use it in the schools, and so everything we do, we really try to make it impactful. So if we're fundraising, we're still trying to impact the people that we're fundraising with. And it's been only been really doing this for the last year or so, and it's been really successful. And we're excited in this year to to serve more more businesses. That would be really great.
0: Yeah, the the opportunity, especially coming out of, I don't know if there's an official end to uh, the pandemic, but uh, coming out the other side of it anyway, right. uh, the need in the business world, the change in leadership that is required these days with, I mean, the quiet quitting and the great resignations. And it's just a, it's just a shift in what is necessary out there in the business world. And, and these mindfulness skills are, are the tool or a tool in the toolbox to to help these leaders shift that mindset, so it is a tremendous opportunity to 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 feed the organization or to feed the the education side of the organization. Um, but you know, at the same time, we're out there doing the traditional fundraising as well, learning and growing, and and all the pain points that uh, that come along with with that as well. There, but uh, I think our at this point in time is is really getting to use platforms like this to be able to educate folks on what it is, what what mindfulness is and what it's doing for the children, what it's doing for the business community, and the power and the impact that it may have, because there's just I you know, just like everything else, a lot of misinformation mm-hmm. there too, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that get distorted there. So it's all about sharing what the what it what what it means and and, and the benefits that come from it. And I, and I mean, just speaking personally from a leadership perspective, it is. It's, <laughs> I I don't know that you could you can put a value on it. it. It's just it what it what it does to transform your own life and and your own capability of of leading teams.
1: I want to speak to the opposite of that and then let you two pick up on that because we've hinted around, you know, around mindfulness and trauma-informed workplaces, that sort of thing. So I would love for us to do a deeper dive off of your invitation for us to do that (laughs) just now. But for our listeners, what we're talking about is that when we're stressed and it either is manifesting physically or uh, emotionally or in our relationships or in the way we function or our inability to stay focused, all of those things. What the three of us are suggesting, what Mindful First does on behalf of our students and our business community, really families, I think is the important thing, Mm -hmm. starting with the individual, giving people that toolkit, that know-how to self-regulate, and as you so beautifully put, Sunny, be able to to think (laughs) with clarity and step away from whatever the past um, is. And so, gosh, that's happening. To your point, Ken, it's happening in our classrooms. Um, you mentioned obviously the difficulty for uh, schools to maintain quality teachers and the longevity, the you know the um, the opportunity for teachers to want to continue to educate because they're coming in, they're stressed, they're tired, they're overworked, they are seeing that in their students reflected back to them, <laughs> and all that craziness. And then same thing, of course, is happening in many of our small, medium, and enterprise-level businesses. So we're all full tilt. Ken, you kind of alluded to that. Coming out of, if that's a thing, right, mm-hmm. of COVID, we've experienced great stress. And with that has come the great resignation and, and those kinds of things. And I'm using that with air quotes around it. We, Some of us have felt like we are resigned to just feel like crap. And and what the two of you are saying is there's an alternative. So let's talk about the alternative specifically what is social emotional learning and what is trauma informed awareness?
2: I'll start with trauma. Let's talk about the pandemic maybe a little bit because we've all experienced uh, collective trauma. And that's so interesting. You say we're all resigned to feel like crap. That's absolutely where most of us are right now. And we probably aren't even realizing that that's what's going on. And I just want to speak to trauma with children because trauma is. What happens to us changes us. So it's our programming. So imagine applying that to children. Mm -hmm. A child's brain doesn't forget, finish developing until 25 to 30 years old. So we're still growing long into adulthood. And so when you're you're a child and you you were here in 2020, but you'd only been on the earth a very short period of time, your brain developed to be afraid. It developed during three years of of terrible fear. Perhaps you lost a loved one, food insecurity, home insecurity. You didn't see your friends. You were stuck at home. This became the programming and wiring in a child's brain. And this is why in the schools right now, we're seeing unprecedented behaviors. Our, our people are seeing it. Um, really strange behaviors from the children because, and those are trauma behaviors. They're acting on the programming in their brains. And so uh, that's what's happened to our children in this pandemic generation. And then if we look at us as adults who are all feeling pretty bad, it, we've, we experienced trauma too. We kind of got a little reprogrammed because it was so frightening was so frightening it was life or death chaos Absol- absolute chaos yes and and we we haven't maybe processed that because we don't all know what trauma is that's kind of a new word and so people don't really know that they need to process those big feelings that's why we teach about trauma and then we have uh, the social emotional learning part sort of um, builds on top of mindfulness so when we do mindfulness when we go into the body when we look at our thoughts, feelings, emotions, senses, physical and mental impulses, when we do that difficult work and we do it in a trauma-informed way, we know ourselves in a very special way that helps us to bring ourselves to the world in a regulated, helpful, productive way. And that's the social-emotional learning part. It's how we relate this to everybody else. We never stop learning, even as adults. So Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't learn this stuff till I was thirty-five. It's taken me a bit longer, but you know, I didn't start till then. And we can do it. Uh, Trauma can be healed. Trauma can be healed in community or in therapy, in different ways. And so, uh, those are the pillars of what we teach.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) so it's new trauma from from pandemic, and I I guess speaking from. I mean, the children are experiencing this in their development, development years. Adults experiencing the trauma as well, which may also be triggering their own...
1: From when they were children exactly. or early adults. When, when, yeah,
0: yeah, their early development as well, in which they're unaware of. I mean, again, I, I hate to come back to just the awareness piece of it, but for me, it's such a critical piece that allows you to make different choices to take courageous action to do things to do things differently uh it's just becoming it, it's not it's it's definitely a healing process for sure um, but there's always probably always going to be instances where that's going to get triggered and that's going to it's going to come up but now you're able to deal with that a whole lot differently i mean I mean I mean there's so many different uh, statistics and 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 sayings out there as far as you know how many thoughts you have in any given day and you live ninety-five percent of your life unconsciously without without awareness. So it's really just kind of yeah, developing and, and shrinking that ninety-five percent a little bit to to do things different.
1: So for some reason I got this flash to a couple different Visuals as you're describing that for our listeners, when we feel compelled to overeat, when we feel compelled to throw the covers over our head and and call out sick again, you know maybe the five, fifth, sixth, seventh time, when we have to cover our ears because there's a conversation that hurts um, because it's loud and argumentative or whatever, I, I'm sure we can come up with other examples, but I really want to help paint that picture we're often triggered. And to your point, Ken, we don't realize that the things that have happened to us in the past and the way in which we digested them, mentally, emotionally, physically, all the things sensory-wise, has us stuck and we're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, or they're a combination of. And so what, what you two are suggesting and the work you bring to, obviously, companies and schools and families is that awareness. Here's what's happening And then I'm sure the light bulb goes off, you know, at different times for people. And now that you know that you can come to these situations that are going, you're going to be pressed up against challenges in the future. We're giving you a toolbox and a set, uh, a mindset to know how to navigate that from today's perspective, instead of always being informed from that place of fear. What else would you add? And do you need to correct anything that I just shared?
2: Because I'm I'm open to that. (laughs) That was beautifully stated. That's mm-hmm. totally true. And I, I would add something that we feel really strongly about is trauma-informed structures, policies. So obviously, we want to see that in schools. We want to see trauma-informed structures top down. And we also want to see it in businesses.
1: Okay. So, talk about that because yeah. I'm now all sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> uh,
2: policies and structures in place yeah just to make sure that everybody's safe at work right everybody so everybody feels safe and um and this can involve a myriad of things but it, it can start with how you run a meeting right how do we speak to each other in the meeting um what what what's allowed what's not allowed just to be careful of people in the room and I, i'll tell you at mindfulness first we have a lot of lived experience in mental illness, men, uh, mental health conditions, that kind of thing. And so there's a lot of trauma at the table. And so we're very careful in meetings, how we speak to each other and what comes to the table. And, and we, we work really hard to have a trauma-informed voice. But we're lucky enough to have a lot of experience ourselves and a lot of education. And That's not so common because, again, this is new. We're in the early stages of understanding trauma. So um, and and we're actually going to be working with an organization to help map out our structure more solidly. So it actually is a replicable trauma-informed structure. So everything that we do, all the moves that we make within the organization are careful to ensure safety.
1: I love that. And that I I went to in my mind went to expansion, right? Once you have that, you already have the foundation, a very solid foundation, you have the practices and the way in which you engage with each other and the fortunate people that get to work with you. And now I'm sure the board is helping mm-hmm. take it to that next level so that it's duplicatable. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine the impact that you'll have. And I and I went worldwide in my mind. I'm sure you probably did as a board as well. I, it's so needed. So needed. I, I'm thinking of my 15-year-old who, again, you know, at 12, experienced what we experienced as a family unit. And now we're a team of two and helping him navigate that from the perspective, and again, I had the advantage to have already been doing similar work in my life and was able to you know model that and share some of that with him along the way, and then got really serious about doing it when we we're in the midst of a crisis and rolled right into COVID <laughs> on top of that. It's interesting, I remember him sitting behind his computer, and because I'm a working parent and it's just the two of us, I would say, keep your... Keep your light on in your room, hat off your head, and your teacher has to see you on the screen. Well, after three weeks of that, you know, that first time that we were all at home doing in-home learning, I'd come home and little by little, the lights would be off. Why are your lights off? Teacher doesn't care. Okay, well, I care. Mm-hmm. And then the hat was on and the lights were off. Buddies, they need to see your face. They don't care. Next, the screen is his screen is not even on, and he has his phone sitting in front of him and he's playing a game. Right? I'm <laughs> like, oh gosh, <laughs> right? And I know I'm not alone. That we we really yeah. and that's just an example of a, a middle school kiddo. The same thing was happening in the workplaces. <laughs> same thing was happening for our younger learners and and you know really um, again a worldwide. Uh, issue around how do we stay attentive and how can we teach self-reflection, which is, again, the gift that you're bringing to the world. So I love, let's go back to the business opportunity. How are businesses currently connecting with you to say, hey, tell us about your program. We'd like to, to entertain this idea. And I love the give back, right? So when businesses, if I understood you correctly, when businesses then pay for your services and you bring this into their corporation, the, the gift of that then becomes something that helps propel these students in the classrooms to have that opportunity because that's where the, some of the funding goes. Absolutely. Okay, so how great. I'm glad I got that right. And how do, um, how do these businesses find you right now and how can we help with that?
0: Yeah, we need, uh, we need help.
1: <laughs> Good, that's why you're here.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Or we appreciate yeah. that in <laughs> a big way, but... Yeah, I mean the business and community piece of this is that this the whole organization was founded on the education side. So this is a piece that is 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 growing um, and is becoming more and more demanded, I guess. I oh, mean yes. there's uh, the out there and it with various wellness programs and so on and so forth. So I, I at this point it's putting it out there with those organ those few organizations that that we have share share those experiences share those results and then continue you know as as you know the the, the board itself now is primarily comes from a lot of business mm-hmm. a lot of business Good. background now so there's okay. there's some contact there and those that are kind of dedicated to that business and community aspect of it but but we'd love to yeah get that out in a in a bigger way because yes it is a a huge piece of the the funding side or, you know, people.
1: good good so word of mouth so far yes <laughs> and then really intentional opportunities to share like in, in a form like this which I'm so honored that you guys would give us your time today so that we could help spread that word what would you add to that anything Ken or hello Sunny <laughs> <laughs> I add to anything that Ken
2: said Sunny <laughs> um, some people have been finding us online as well but we haven't done a big push yet because we were kind of creating the program and trialing the program over the last year or so over the pandemic. But we're ready now. And yeah, we're getting ready this year to to offer it out to as many businesses who are who are willing to, to do this work with their employees and offer it for everybody's the healthcare savings are incredible. We actually have documentation about that so and we can share testimonials and, and information about the savings that can be made.
0: The data that kind of supports that as well, in the form of what you know, it, they're always at, as a business looking for a return on investment, right? So, what is it they're going to get in get get in return here? And and the statistics and and the data support that's so many different benefits from it, that whether it be in productivity, creativity, communication. Uh, it's just that uh, that team teamwork and endless endless supply now also not suggesting that, that that mindfulness is the only solution sure. uh to to their wellness program either but again it's a, it's another tool in the uh in the toolbox and too.
1: I think it's a foundational one uh-huh. and it's and it's very preventative versus you know secondary like oops now we have an issue and a crisis either within a team or an individual or the whole organization this is very preventative and and I think you had said it quite a bit earlier in our conversation it's, it's about healing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's a collective healing, and it's an individual healing. The other thing I'd add to the list of benefits would be, of course, this sense of peace, again, as an individual, a team, or an entire organization. Joy, right? Let's bring some joy back into the organizations. And then longevity, right? We talked about the teachers. You've already given us the example of the teachers who are have staying power because they're using this toolkit. They want to continue to be there of service for their community. Well, wouldn't that be incredible? That when executive leaders bring this into the organizations, that everybody's benefiting, and that those employees are more joyful, more at peace, more productive. To your point, that's what they're always looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although we can be more productive when we're more at peace and more uh, filled with joy.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That just frees up that uh, creativity and and yeah, and, and what it is you end up producing there. So it's a and and the. And the snowball effect is, is <laughs> it's, it's hard to measure as well, is what kind of impact you go through a program like that as a leader in an organization or as a, as a team member of an organization. And the number of people that you're impacting <laughs> um, knowingly or unknowingly, it, most often, it's just, it, it has those, it's, it's planning, planning seed just flourishes over time. That's a powerful.
1: What have I not thought to ask
2: that you want to make sure our listeners and our viewers are aware of? Well, I did. I, I mostly wanted to, uh, I do like talking about where we are right now as uh, in terms of the, the, pan, the pandemic and what comes next. Um, we're actually funded by the government right now to help mitigate post-pandemic trauma oh, wow. in schools. And I think that's really wonderful that the government is actually acknowledging trauma as a health crisis. Something we hope for is to end the cycle of trauma, right? If we can educate everybody in what is trauma, look at your own trauma, process your trauma, right? we can do that work as individuals. So we're very excited that the government is funding this work and acknowledging the importance of it. Um, So we're going to continue with with that. Um, But I I do want to mention what we're going to do in the next few years. It's very exciting. Um, We have noticed over the last nine years that there are a lot of gaps in mental health education in our field in general. And uh, we work with the Arizona State School for the Deaf and the Blind. And that's been really new for them to have mental health, social-emotional learning with, for the kids. And we've mostly, mostly trained the teachers there because we don't have the adaptations yet for the children. But those teachers are making those adaptations. <laughs> and so what's next for us is filling those gaps. And it's going to start with the, the deaf-blind And deafblind communities. Um, So, we're going to help. It's a very low incidence disability, and we want to help serve those people and make sure they have the resources they deserve. And we know that the pandemic was especially hard for this community. And so, over the next few years, you're going to see us adapting our curriculum to serve everybody, not just that community, but we're going to be looking at neurodiverse communities different populations different identities incredible um, yeah making sure everyone sees themselves
0: in incredible our work. yeah thank you yeah and I think well I truly believe anyways we're kind of shifting as as leadership is required to change here we're kind of shifting from a purely competitive environment into something more collaborative and yep. co-creative so you know just tackling this issue of, of mental health is we finding more and more opportunities to join forces. So the bigger the numbers here, the greater the success or the greater the potential for success here anyway. So trying to build upon those relationships and, and, and see what we can do together.
1: It is really <laughs> is a shift in leadership. We had a gentleman on yesterday who is in sales of all things, his whole career is in sales and uh, he now owns his own company and is a fractional sales VP. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, he was really saying similarly <laughs> that this is uh, the collective conscious has, is beginning to shift, and we have opportunities to collaborate more frequently to take a look at how are we leading, and it is less about competition and more about messaging and, and being really clear about who we intend to work with and staying open to learning along the way. So I, I love, I guess I want to share, Kim, when you, when you mentioned that. I hear that, Daryl and I, both our producer, hear that mm-hmm. consistently through all verticals, all industries, and we cover a lot here at Business Radio X, and so it's fun. The more that I've done this, it's been five years now, the more I can go, yes, we are singing from the same sheet of music, and people are listening and staying open to even our nonprofits, right? Sometimes even our nonprofits have in the past have been very competitive. Yeah, you stay in that lane. <laughs> We're going to stay in this lane. Nope, don't do what we do, right? Same thing with our for-profit businesses even our schools for that matter and we're beginning to see oh there's enough room for all of us
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i could probably go on for another hour with that one but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah the, the the opportunities are are endless with that shared experience, here. it isn't, I, I think the mindset tends to go to, we're gonna, you know, something's gonna happen to the bottom line there. Right? We're gonna shrink the bottom line. And more often than not, it's it's actually gonna expand your, your, yes. your bottom line. Uh, you bring some other components into that equation other than a purely competitive profit-driven model. Mm-hmm. Um, not suggesting that that's, I mean, it's it's important to, for businesses to to thrive and, and succeed, um, but there's there's so much opportunity to do it differently, and the bottom line will will benefit from it as well. Mm-hmm.
1: So all yes. good stuff. Yes. So how can folks uh, stay in touch with you, get engaged? What's the entry point for you? Tell us a little bit about where to stay in touch with all of you.
2: You can go to our website, uh, MindfulnessFirst dot org o r g. There's a contact form there and. We'll come straight to myself and my co-founder. So we'll see whatever you send to us. So if you want to reach out to us that way, we have a phone number there too. There's also a donate page if you want to donate to us. And Giving Tuesday is coming up soon. So yeah, we'd love to hear from from you. Any question you have, we're we're here to answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, open to yeah all 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 questions and in and the, in the business community and and answering some of their questions that may have you know, come from this particular conversation or mindfulness uh, in, in general there but uh as i found through uh through the mindfulness uh, first work uh website as well but uh, also do my uh, have a uh, website called khimpactadvisors.com. KH
1: Impact Advisors?
0: Yeah, you know, supporting those organizations out there that are creating impact. It's uh, not necessarily nonprofits, but... Uh, for, so good
1: to hear that.
0: For, for profits. And uh, I mean, it could range anywhere from, from organizations that are trying to connect conscious organizations or cultures with talent, purpose-driven talent that is seeking that. Uh, there's... Working with uh, an organization doing that called Handprint, and mm. another one out on the coast called Conscious Good that is creating inspirational conflict uh, content. So it's Netflix for inspirational. Content. Oh wow! Content there. So so there's there's some amazing organiz. I guess my point is amazing organizations out there, and uh, enjoy supporting uh, supporting those. And I love
1: it. We have Conscious Capitalism, um, the Mm -hmm. movement, the international movement, as um, I'm I'm a member and very interactive with them. And we've had them as a sponsor for a long time here. Uh, We also have a show called Culture Crush, which Kendra Maples is the host of. That's her show. So I'm thinking that we ought to get the two of you connected Mm -hmm. and see if it makes sense to have you back on Kendra's show to talk more specifically about what you're doing there in that advisory role.
0: My pleasure. Yeah,
1: would be great. Uh, and then I'm, I'm also looking at your social media, just so people know. Of course, we're broadcasting live right now via video on LinkedIn. You can find Sunny White, W-I-G-H-T, on LinkedIn and Ken Hunt. And then, of course, you have a mindful, mindfulness first page on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then active on Facebook. I see Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Is there one platform that, might, that you, you tend to spend more time on, or is it pretty equal?
2: uh, It's fairly equal, but probably Instagram more than anyone. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be
1: the happening place these days. Yes. Mm -hmm. I still can't break myself away from Facebook. I'm such a longtime Facebook uh, user, but uh, Instagram is a great place. So you can find Mindfulness First on Facebook as well, and it's Mindfulness First. Imagine that. Well, I, again, am deeply appreciative of your time and your willingness not only to come and share your success story, be really candid about where you're at and where we can help as a business community. And, of course, your dedication not only to yourselves personally and your healing journey being willing to share that today, but, of course, really making that your mission and purpose on behalf of really the greater collective. So thank you again. Thank Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate you. Yeah, you've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the MAC6 Entrepreneurial Center. Some media leans left, some lean right. And we lean mindfulness first. Mm -hmm. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.